Welcome to another episode of Flamenco Attitudes, our second episode actually, of the podcast where we're exploring all things flamenco with a little bit of a twist because I am somebody who is still exploring the culture, still learning about all things flamenco, and I have with me someone who is an expert, a master in the flamenco culture because he's a broadcaster, he is a flamenco guitarist, and he has been exploring the culture for, can we say how many decades, or shall we just leave it at decades? Many. <laughs> many decades. So I have, uh, it's, a, it's a unique person to have on with me. He is, he used to be my teacher, he's my friend, he's my colleague, and now he's my co-host. So Marcos... Welcome to another show. Yeah, I think it's going to be, this is going to be more interesting, isn't it? Because people don't understand about the bits and pieces that go with flamenco. This is what we're exploring today. All thing, or all physical things flamenco, if we yeah. may call them that way. Because in the first episode, we talked about more the background. Uh, not necessarily all the physical things that go with the culture. But today we're going to look at a lot of them. And uh, it, our conversation today is actually based on a book that you and your wonderful wife put together called Little Moons with Attitude. Maybe we can say it in Spanish for our Spanish listeners. How is it in, how, how is it in color and in well, the... It's Lunarito. Lunarito. Con, con there you go. So for our Spanish and our hopefully gypsy and flamenco listeners yeah. out there, uh, this is the book. And inside... It's interesting because you have a mixture of photographs, actual photographs, archive uh, pictures that were acquired by, you know, you, we will mention how you've gotten hold of them, and images drawn by your wife herself. So a variety of things that we can talk about. And first, we're going to start with the most probably eye-catching thing the first time you see someone from the Fomenko culture, how they're dressed. Uh, and you have told me many times that the lunaritos, or the, what we call polka dots, have become lunari. lunari, have become iconic from the flamenco culture. Now, why is that? Because the polka dot is something that you would see anywhere in many cultures in different shapes and forms. Why is it that they became specific for the flamenco um, dresses? Yeah, I, well, gypsy people um, from the early 19th century, or not in Andalusia, not just in Andalusia, all over Europe, uh, adopted this type of dress uh, at fairs when they wanted to, to uh, sell things. And as the centuries went on, it's become emblematic of flamenco uh, to have uh, a shirt with, with the spots on. Um, I've got a massive collection, but you have to realize that that doesn't make up necessarily una camisa flamenca, exactly. a flamenco shirt. Exactly. So my understanding is this. A polka dot dress is something that you would associate with the gypsy culture, but it's not necessarily gypsy culture. Is, is that right, or yeah, am I getting yeah, it, it wrong? No, I mean, ironically, um, what we need to look at is shirts in a moment. But yes, you're, yeah. You're yeah. right, because... Many people who aren't gypsies who dance flamenco will adopt that costume with, with, with what you're calling polka dots, whereas many of the top gypsy dancers will not wear that. Will costume. not wear it. If, except for people that have made it their custom, people like Juana del Revuelo, 
but the the flamenco shirts can be like the one that I'm going to talk to you about. How would you describe this shirt that's opposite there? So you have one of your collections of shirts here. So you have very dark blue, I think. Yeah. Very dark blue with, I feel these are flamenco symbols. Is well, it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you see, the, the interesting thing about this is that when you walk into a bar or a coach station wearing that, the they would recognize would know that you're you. Yeah, so th that's my point. I think from what I've seen, flamenco people like to put not only symbols but places as well, yeah. and faces, which we're yeah. going to talk about too. Yeah. Now you've probably seen a shirt like this uh, worn by Tomatito. I have mostly seen him, I feel from you know the concerts that you've shown me. I think with white, white shirts. Ah, okay. All right, but, well, what, what I'll do yeah. is um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. T tell me a story about this. Yeah. Now, that, you know, obviously our, our, our listeners can't see the shirt, but you've described it. It's, it's, quite, it's quite something, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite something because <laughs> probably you, if you have ever brushed with a flamenco culture and artists, they're very flamboyant in there. Yeah. This is one thing we, have to we should have probably started with. It's not a toned-down attire, right? No. It's, it speaks for itself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, I went to a festival mm. uh, in El Puerto de Santa Maria, uh, a massive festival in a football club, huge. Stadium. Huge stadium, gypsy festival, lots of people. And the incredible thing that happened was uh, a lady came up to me and she said, um, I'm, I'm doing an MA on people like you wearing these shirts. Would you mind if I took a photograph of you? <laughs> Yes. And yeah, and so she'd come there just to, to, to meet these people that wear these shirts and get some photographs for her MA. Oh. And you are not even from the place. No, so. not at all. And but you knew how to wear it well, yeah. that's the thing. Now, you could say, where did you get that shirt? Well, where did you get that shirt? Well, Marcus? that's another interesting thing. <laughs> Thank you for your question. Because you, what you'll find is... Um, you can't go to a shop and buy these things. It's a custom made. It's very difficult. Actually, when I was looking through your book, a lot of the attire says custom made. Yeah. Or it's a specific place that people take it from. Yeah, yeah. So this one that I've got, uh, you can imagine on a very hot night in Gausin. Gausin is a, a small pueblo uh, in, Village, Andalus yeah, say, in Andalusia. Yeah. And I'm in a festival. And I see a man in front wearing this shirt, thinking, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Did you take it off his back? I took it off his back. <laughs> I love that. I, I asked him... You stripped a man from his shirt. I asked him if he was prepared to sell it. <laughs> and he was quite keen. And he went off to get a T-shirt. and he To took put it, on, yeah. To put on. And it was probably so hot he and, could have just walked. And he took it off and the people in the audience got annoyed. They said, can you sit down? Because we're trying to watch the, yeah. the, the flamenco. But movie. you have a little show at the back, yeah. <laughs> but because but I, I was going to say it was probably so hot he could have done without even a T-shirt. Yeah. But it's fair to say that we very rarely see gypsies, not just nude, but in um, very, very underdressed. Yes, no, they don't go in for that. And certainly not, never shorts. Gypsy people don't tend to want to expose themselves in that way. 
you know, they like they have great pride in the way they dress themselves, mm. and they don't want to let themselves. You down. wouldn't you, you wouldn't see even the men because obviously with the women in a bit of a more conservative culture yeah. like the flamenco culture, it's understandable probably more for the women, but especially with the men as well, you would. Yeah. N I've never seen somebody half naked. No, and no. what goes with the shirt is usually a waistcoat. Even when it's hot? Yes. Mm. You don't show all of the shirts. Yeah. And then you have to have very nice trousers, but then the most important thing after this, the shirt, is the shoes. Yeah. And that's another thing that really impressed me, because we're going to talk about a specific picture a bit later on, a specific photograph. But the shoes are also heavy for, I would say, the climate usually there and you still don't go barefoot and all that. Yeah. Because I think people have, myself included, you know, sometimes we have this stereotypical image of how the gypsies go probably bare feet or yeah. with not too much on, but it's not true. No. No. And, and the shoes are normally very elegant. Exactly. Pointed. I was going to say. Yeah. And, and so it's what happened to me when I was in a village in Montellano. You go to a, a bar on a hot day on Saturday and somebody comes up to you, a council worker, and says, ah, you are a flamenco. And you say, no, no, no. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go and get your guitar. Go get your guitar. <laughs> and and you're not even bringing your guitar with you. Or, no, no yeah, on this yeah. particular occasion, my poor wife had to walk miles to go and get it. Now, I don't think this was just one occasion <laughs> on which she had to go up and down a hill. Mm. Something like 40 minutes once you sent her yeah, off. Well, yeah, and then we got back and then we had a massive session. And this is all to do with the semiotics, the way that they can yeah. identify, ah, here's the flamenco person. It can be something we're going to go on to, it can be the jewellery, the bling. Uh, I was going, uh, well, can be the, shirt, can the be jewellery was the second on my list because even the men in the culture, and I think in the first episode we hear a little bit of the clinging of your jewellery. It's very heavily worn. It's yeah. not just, it's usually not just one. It's a lot of rings, it's a lot yeah. of uh, pendants. Yeah. Um, and is that another and thing usually that one. Christ, one Christ. One Christ. So is, is, is that something that is, again, almost not required, but, you know, it's part of your, yeah. how you dress? It is. It's what makes you look... Extra. Extra, yeah. And it's what the, the public expect. To be a bit more than the average yeah. person. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, well... I also had a question about, it's interesting, cross-dressing. Because we would say, oh, you know, women started wearing, you know, uh, long trousers or not just skirts and dresses. In our modern world, mm. probably from the 50s, 60s onwards. Yeah. But in the flamenco culture, that's been going on for way back. Yeah, because from the 19th century, mm. women chose to wear... Uh, the costume of Torero, mm. bullfighting costume, and to look quite macho. They look it, it, really their, well, for actually. Their, for, their, for their photos. Yes, and I saw in your book um, a flamenco dancer, male, in a skirt. Ah, too. well, that's, that, that, now that is a more modern thing that's, that's happened, that, that we've got a thing where men have decided, some of the great male dancers have decided to dance, yes, wearing a skirt. So that's um, so to look 
But is I it mean, for I, the looks? I couldn't explain this yeah. development. It's an interesting one because it's almost like in reverse of what happened in yes. the 19th century. Yeah. Uh, why couldn't a man dance in a skirt? Yeah. But I mean, so the weird thing is, one of the most famous dancers, Carmen Amaya, she always danced in trousers. Mm. Yeah. But now you've got some of the top male dancers dancing, dancing in, skirts. in skirts. Well, we probably need to look into that. That's probably another episode. <laughs> so, so that's great. Um, okay. Well, then talk to me about um, the probably the the best picture in terms of dressing in your book it's the most celebrated and famous artist in the flamenco culture that's Cameron de la Isla and we see him in this picture sadly in his final months probably of um, before he passed away but he is dressed with pretty much what we have been describing you know a shirt that is um Ha has faces of the flamenco artists, the, the famous flamenco artists on it. It's probably custom made. A lot of jewelry, so a lot of pendants, rings. He has a little bracelet there. Uh, and we have shoes made of soft leather, which is a bit not typical, yeah. as you describe it in your book. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the shirt is amazing. And as you say, it, that would have been made for him. It's got on it some of the great how, artists. How much would have that cost? Oh, <clears throat> I've got absolutely no idea, but I do know where it is. I you do know, know where, where this shirt is. Where is it? Well, that, that shirt is kept in a, in, very carefully in the Venta de Vargas in La Isla. In the Venta de Vargas. So, yeah, so I think these things are not cheap then. Oh, no, that, that would be worth it. Well, that would be priceless now. Mm. Uh, so that's kept well out of reach for of the customers that go to that, that right. restaurant. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then if you look, he's got a lot of bling on. He does. Yeah. He does. And so we have gold. Yeah. Yes. Um, he turned to gold, but he used to normally prefer silver. But he's got quite a lot of gold. That's on the things you you for example wear only silver. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got quite a lot of jewelry on on his wrists. And then if you come down. It's an extraordinary pair of trousers. Mm. It's almost like the opposite to dark black trousers. It's very relaxed, but unusual. They look like handmade trousers. But the key thing is, of course, something that he used to sing about is those shoes. I've never actually and heard the song. those are of the softest leather you could ever get. Yeah. yeah. What it's, song is it about the shoes? Because I've never... Well, he, he, he sings about it in one of his Sevianas. Mm. Yeah. And these shoes are kept in the same place as the shirt. They are in the Venta de Vargas. On display? Yes. Mm. And you, you told me actually before we started recording that you have this picture from the owner yeah. of the place. Yeah. That in itself is a priceless picture, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah. It's a, an amazing picture. Well, and, and if we have to talk about colors, probably red, white, black, and dark green are the flamenco colors. Well, I'd say red and green. Red and green. Yeah. Not so much. Because yeah, pe people would think that black is a part of, because of the black lace of the dresses sometimes. Yeah, I mean, for wearing clothing, yes, black and white. But I thought you were kind of thinking about the furniture and stuff like that, that what 
denotes flamenco. We're, we're going to talk about yeah. it because that's interesting. Okay. Um, and lastly, I'm going to touch upon a picture that you have of a lady inside the book. Um, one of the singers, she wears a blue dress with white polka dots. And then she has... That's uh, Juana. Juana. Middle of the dress, she has white, almost apron-like piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in reverse. It's white with the blue polka dots. Yeah. Now, do we have to necessarily have white polka dots, or can we go with oh, no, switching? Oh, no, you can switch it around. Because she had mm -hmm. an act where she uh, shows herself to be a canastera, a basket maker. Yeah. And that's what she's portraying in that a brilliant singer, but sadly dead now. Um, but, I mean, maybe we'll, let's have a look at this. Picture. Let's have a look at it. I think it's it. Toward, there we are. Mm. Yeah, um, that is quite a picture, isn't it? It is quite a picture because um, you, when did when did you put together the book? Um, because I see that she passed away two thousand and sixteen, so that yeah. must have been just after she died. Yeah, we put we put the book together yeah. just about a year after that. That's yeah. incredible. Um, yeah. I, I can remember seeing her. Uh, in Sevilla doing her act mm. in the early 70s when I was there. She used to perform in a club doing this thing with the baskets in these outfits. She's an incredible singer. But she's got a, had a collection of these dresses with the, the Lunaris, mm. incredible collection of this kind of thing, because yeah. it was part of her image. And that's, that's almost unusual actually to see the light blue colour. Yeah. I think she's the first one I've ever seen it on. Yeah, no, you um, make a good point. I hadn't really thought of it like that, the mm. light blue, yeah, because it's usually the dark. It's blue. usually very dark. Well, like the shirt that you have is yeah. deep, deep navy. Yeah. Um, but maybe a more modern twist to it, I would say. Well, another interesting thing that you have actually hooked me on a long time ago was the flamenco furniture. Because what I like sometimes when I go to houses of people of different cultures is to see what's different to the ordinary modern house. Now, how would you describe the flamenco furniture to somebody who hasn't, you know, who's not familiar at all? Okay, well, as I said, it's normally uh, wood that's painted red or green. You have a particular table, normally a circular table. No, normally circular, yeah. And mm -hmm. it's beautifully uh, painted. It's a bit like, actually, for people that know this kind of thing, it's a bit like canal art. You know, you see these boats on, on the rivers in, in England that have been painted in this way. And it's a, a similar sort of thing. They have symbols on them, often of flowers, of animals, and they are beautiful. And by the way, you're always interested in price. They are expensive. Well, I am. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure just to know. Because they're hand-painted. They're hand-painted. Where do you find them? Well, you'll have to go to a flamenco club, a Peña Flamenca, and there you'll, you'll see them. Uh, people are quite proud of them, and within it, you get the chairs. Mm. Which I have to say, I love how they look. They don't look very comfortable, though, because no, the, they're, they, straight they're very straight back. Yeah, you straight can't back. slack on a flamenco chair, yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, they're straight back, and then, of course, the seating is made from uh, reeds, barretas, from the river, which are dried. It's a, it's a typical gypsy art to produce the seating. So yeah, they don't look that comfortable, and you'll probably see that I, like many flamenco artists, I've got one of my own. You do the you, red one. Yeah, where you mm. have your own name on the back of it, and obviously members of these uh, clubs, flamenco clubs, they often have a chair, their own chair with their name on the back. 
And you will never let me sit on that one, would you? <laughs> no, it's, it's exclusive. And is the surface usually um, polished, lacquered? Yes, yes, Because it it's is. shiny. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Or they have, if it's not, they have a glass on the top. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that's, that's one thing I've never to noticed, actually. Uh, that's one, one thing I've never noticed. Yeah. Okay. And you have here with you a couple of miniature um, models of a very, bu very beautiful green table yeah. and high chair. Yeah. And a miniature basket. And a miniature basket, which I really like because it's, it's, it completes the look. Which li links us to Juana that we were talking about. Because the that's basket what she maker. used to in it, She used to always have that in, in her, on her arm when she sang. Is it just as an accessory? Well, it, oh, no, I mean, many gypsy people make their money making these. Making baskets. Yeah. So... Okay. Would you like to tell us the story of how you acquired these beautiful <laughs> little models? Well, it's like it's like everything in in Andalusia. It can be difficult, and I saw these and thought, okay, I've got to get these. Mm. And um, <clears throat> they were in a window, so I went in to the shop, and it turned out to be a, a, a butcher shop, Galicia, and. I said, uh, oh, I want to get these. Oh, no, 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 we don't sell these. You'll, you'll have to go. You won't get off that easily. Yeah, we're <laughs> not sure. I think they live number whatever, you know, so you have to go on a journey. And then you ring, and, and they say, I don't think they'll be in, you know. And then you ring a bell, and they don't answer the door. And then after much waiting, you get them. And you say, look, I'd like to buy these. Oh, well, you know. It's like everything, they're not really for sale, they're just for... You know. yeah, but th that was my question to you. How do you make them... If you are selling, let's say, you, you are manufacturing miniature yeah. furniture or something else, how do you actually make your money? Well, I, that I wouldn't want to go into, but I, mm. I said to them, look, I've, I've already rung my wife and told her about these beautiful things that you've made. Surely it would be possible. And they said, well, yeah. OK. <laughs> wow, you convinced them. I convinced them. Aren't they wonderful? They are wonderful. One thing I have to say is I like the detail. Yeah. So you can see the flowers. <laughs> we can see the flowers. And uh, the top is obviously a whole, yeah. a whole flower yeah. uh, in green on the white background. Further down on the legs of the table, we have, obviously, they're very carefully done. Flowers with probably the tiniest brush yeah. um, put on, and the chair. I like the seating because that's uh, is that rope, probably. Well, it's it, braided. It, yeah, I mean, if it was a, because this is only a model, I think that is just rope. Yeah, but a real one, you'd have the reeds from the river, woven in. Mm. Yeah. So you would say they use very natural materials yeah. all the time yeah. to do it. Okay. Well, that's incredible because that looks very nice and nice. As we said, the little basket completes the look of the chair. Well, that's brilliant. Any other very notable part of the flamenco house that we can mention? Well, um, in the Benia, photographs are very important. So surrounding all this furniture will be hundreds of photographs of artists of over the last hundred years. Yeah. That's a very important part of the furniture. And if we talk about a family house, do we talk about pictures again of family members? Yeah, and all that? The photographs are very important, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I think this is probably a very interesting bit to mention, that 
because Flamenco people are very community oriented and they 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 love family. So they like to have something custom made for their family and they like being surrounded by it. So that's an interesting bit. Okay. Well, let's move on to you. <laughs> now, last time you said I'm going to show you how some um, uh, dr drink bottles look like. And in the book that I used for my research, you have them. And what I found interesting is the labels is, um, I think, hand-drawn for all these bottles. It depicts gypsy people. But the interesting thing is they always next to them have a bottle of what they are, you know, of the, the very same picture that's being drawn. Yeah. So you have a lady with a guitar. Next to her, we have a bottle of the same lady with the guitar. Yeah. Now, what is that? Well, I mean, what this refers to, this we're looking at the label of a, a very st strong drink that's made... I will never anything. drink that, but yeah, what is yeah. it? It's anis, mm. and it's called here La Gitana. And this was made in Constantina in Sevilla. Now, what's interesting about this is that all these people uh, who were flamenco artists that were women, they always posed in their photographs with a cup of anis a small glass of anise and a huge cigar. No, just a little cigar, but the big, big normal one. So cigar. So it's almost referring back to your cross-dressing sort of yeah. thing. So they didn't have a, a cigarette. What we call a cigarillo. Yeah, it's not a cigarillo. They had a full-on full full. cigar, massive cigar, and a cup of this anise. And then as things moved on in the 30s, it became uh, quite important to sell... Uh, these types of drinks with the great artists that were in the films. Yes. So here we're looking at, at uh, Caracol and Lola Flori. And these are two cinema greats of, of flamenco that well, not only are they flamenco, mm. they are in the cinema. And there they are pictured together on the label for selling this. For actual Yeah. And what, one of my favourites... It, it, in my collection is um, this man, Paco uh, Toronjo, who was an expert in a particular type of fandango. And it's got here alono, which is a, a form of the fandango. And this, this is, the strength of this anise is, is, you wouldn't believe how strong it is. And you can see they've got a wonderful picture of him. Well, on, that's, on that's probably an actual photograph. Oh, it's a real yeah, photograph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the the rest of the things that you showed me are works of art because they're drawn. They're yeah. you know. Yeah. Are you happy with how they're represented actually yes, on I the bottles? So. I think so. Yeah. It's, but it's, isn't it an interesting thing that while flamenco is not part it, of the of everybody's culture, the drinks uh, do have them on it. I think it's because um, it's it's almost too good not to put on. You know, it's too eye catchy not to put on. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. And do you have labels yourself that you keep? Because this one is an interesting label with... Uh, I've got uh, loads of bottles, yeah, that mm. I've kept, yeah. That's and, and we have some glasses. Well, they're probably collector's items. Yeah, um, you've got the, sadly, the Altipuro. This is of Pepe Manteca, a torero, who, who died only, only last week. A uh, particular glass from his wonderful tavern. Then you've got the sherry glass of the Camarón. Yeah. Yeah, these things are ever present. You know, people say flamenco is a minority thing, but when you start to look at it, it's kind of there everywhere. Well, yeah? as we said in the first episode, it's very much 
a thing that you really have to look into to understand and you mm. really have to study to understand it's an almost elite thing yeah. it's not for everyone so it's definitely a subculture it's a it's a it's a it's a broad culture but it's a subculture if we look at how the world works these days so before we move on to something obviously very essential guitars and sahias that you're going to... Uh, I mean, I don't really understand how it works, but you're going to tell us about it. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, vinyls? Because vinyls are coming back in fashion, and vinyls back in the day when they were the only way to probably play records um, were also works of art. You have um, some very interesting one of Camarón as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Camarón is probably one of the most collectible people if you go to the the far south you'll never see in, in, a, in a market one of his records because people just don't trade them in uh, but what you're talking about is a is a very unusual single very yeah uh, which was this is a a like an anthem it's, it's an hymn against uh, Franco and all the rest of it and it's called Polanda Boy and he brought out a, a very very rare single from from his his most famous that record, is incredible yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean i don't know how you would say uh Gallia, but it looks like it's sort of a, a submarine would you say or? Uh, well <clears throat> i would say more of a an ufo or what we call a spaceship probably yeah. um, and that's so out of the you know what i mean it really stands out because we don't talk about that sort of thing in yeah. flamenco and uh, well, nobody, suddenly you have a spaceship yeah nobody in flamenco would ever Recognize uh, uh, no, this because no. everybody's records, as you can see, are normally there. They're on the record, <laughs> sitting on their flamenco e- chair. E- either that, or in some sort of um, typical pose of dancing yeah. on a, or something. Yeah, or a, a flower of the f- comes in something with seat. nature. Yeah, yeah something. So with that nature. that is a, a beautiful record. It yeah? is very yeah? beautiful. And an interesting one that you'll like, um, <clears throat> which is from a totally different era. Is, is this one by Porina de Barajo. And if you look at it, it's got three symbols on it. Yes, we have, and I'm going to probably murder this, but we have a bird. Yeah. What bird? Does it matter? Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Then we have a flower. Yeah. At the background, we have a guitar. Yeah. And then we have a glove. Yeah. So the first thing you've got to read into this is you've got to understand that this was released during the dictatorship and subtly they've managed to get in the three colors of the republic which flag. is white oh sorry purple. which is purple yellow and red yeah and they're making a reference equally to famous people to picasso and to garcia Lorca. yeah these were the colors actually the mainly we see in yeah. the arts. And so. obviously the censors didn't even notice this. <laughs> you have to be, you know. Yeah. You have to do what you have to do, yeah. but you have so, to be So careful. that would be a very collectible record. Do you think you can find that? I've got it. No, but do you think if, no, if you I, go I, out... I, I don't think so. I, I think and that's called, can you read it for us, Porina? Porina de Badajoz. A la guitarra Ramon, Ramon Montoya. Mm. A very famous gypsy guitarist. Well, it's a beautiful cover, isn't it? It's an, it's just, I mean, this one. 
The one, I I don't really like spiders, but you have another one with spider, <laughs> black spider on a uh, on a red background. That's really flamenco, isn't it? Yeah, and this is a record that uh, was released by another great guitarist from Sevilla, Mario Escudero. Um, it, I mean, you know, where would you get a cover like that? I well. It's very much of the time. But you can see the flamingo. Can you see you the flamingo? You can see the flamingo. Now, maybe <laughs> the top, just briefly, just briefly. Is flamenco in any way, shape or form connected to flamingos? Well, it could be, couldn't it? Because flamingo... It could be connected to that or to Flanders or, or, to, fla or, yeah. or a derogatory word, as we said, about pe people that play guitar and sing flamenco. Who knows? Who knows? But I don't think there. we'll ever solve that one. There are no flamingos in Andalusia, though, are they? Oh, yeah. They, they come and land. Where yeah. on the... In the south, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Another one, then. Yeah. Beautiful one. Okay. Well, tell me the thing I am least good at and you know because i I'm, i thought you were going to say least interested i no listen i am interested but because i'm not a, a, a an instrument player of any time of any kind i don't much know about guitars especially the flamenco guitar yeah. which is the name is there's a specific name for the flamenco guitar right Sonanta. Sonanta. And definitely I don't know how sihias work, which you have to explain what okay, sihia well, is. Okay, well, there's two aspects we've got to look at. Before we get onto the sihia, if you look behind you, you'll see a sonanta. I've seen it many a time. That's your personal one. Yeah. Now, that doesn't have what you normally have on a guitar, machine heads. You know, these little pegs that you turn yes. around. It has got, just like an Indian sitar, mm. pure wood going into mm. wood. So many people... Um, they don't particularly like these because they are difficult sometimes to use. But you would think if they don't have too much about them, it would be easier to use. No, because what you've got, you've got wood going into wood. Yes. And the strings go in opposite directions. So if we, if we hand it to a, a normal guitarist and it's out of tune, it probably wouldn't have any chance of tuning it because it would just, it, the peg would just fly off. And mm. So they are, they're almost like a, a challenge to have one of those. Now, they started to be not used by many of the, the, the modern guitarists, but now what I've noticed is particularly the young boys that are coming up in flamenco, they go for the pegs which are called clavijas. They go for the peg head. They don't want a machine head because they want to say, I, I'm flamenco. Yeah, well, it's a bit... Because you don't use pegs to... No. You so usually wouldn't see any flamenco well, guitars to you know, use. I mean, I've got to be it's honest. It's your hands. I, I, you know, I tend to use the, not those because when you're out on the road or under lights and, and things, you know... It's very they, difficult. They can get yeah. a bit, and they can get stuck. Mm. And then you're in and a, you don't want and that. You don't want that. So, but they are very fashion. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. They are very fashionable, and you have mm. to pay more to actually to have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Now you. These look like little uh, uh, stamp. No, no. How do you call this? Were you papier mache or how did? It's it's an interesting thing. It's it an is, interesting it thing. It is okay. Well, all in all guitars, you have things called capos which you can play a guitar without a capo, but then you need a capo probably to accompany a singer who doesn't sing in that register. So you can put the register of the notes up higher mm. by putting it on different frets and move it around. And 
many people now have these very modern ones that just clip on, they're very easy to use, etc. But in flamenco, if you want to be really flamenco, we want to be really yeah, flamenco. You have to have a sahia. So you've got a peg that's going into a piece of wood. So on top of the pegs that you've got on the guitar, you've got the double problem of dealing with a thing with a string to get to get this on. So somebody like Camarón would say, Pony a la tre, put it on number three, put it on number four, whatever, and you'd have to take a couple and squeeze it on. <clears throat> and there was a brilliant series during, during the 60s on Spanish TV or flamenco, and it starts with that crunching sound oh. of the guitarist mm. putting, because the, the singer says, whoa, whoa, and then the guitarist <laughs> puts it in, and you hear this crack of mm. the woods. Yeah, yeah because this, uh, uh, this one is not made of wood, is it? It is wood, yes. It is wood. Yes, that, that's ebony. Oh, that's why, yes. Because yeah. it, it's not, when you look at it, you yeah. wouldn't necessarily yeah. say and it's wood. And you can see they're very highly decorated. They're very decorated, yes. Yeah, and you've, you've seen from, from my book that you can, they come in, I mean, they come in bone. Uh, There's just about every material. I mean, if you look at this. Yeah, the white one. Is that the bow? That's the white one. The white one yeah. bone, yeah. And they're very sought after. Um, I'll give you an example. I, I went to, to Morong and I was playing there uh, two years ago and a man said to me, oh, you know, I want, I, I want one of these. I'm learning flamenco. And I said, oh, well, okay, I'll see what I can do when I come if, back. If, you, if you're learning flamenco, you would know we're not just giving them out like that. No, <laughs> they're not that easy to obtain. Yeah. So th there are not many places actually that manufacture them. No, but now obviously with, with, with the La Red, the internet, you can... No, because there are a lot of work, actually. The only people that make them are the guitar makers, right? Mm. And if you think about the amount of work to go into that... So somebody, somebody of the stature of Tomatito, for example, would be making these? No, not Tomatito, no. He's, no. no. No, somebody, a guitar maker would be... Making. Oh, you mean a guitar maker, got yeah. it. Yeah, a guitar maker would, would be producing these mm. only if he wanted to or uh, if he had a favourite guitarist who asked him to make one. But now with the internet, you can go on and you'll see there's lots of ways of getting hold of these things. Bef before the internet, these would be quite difficult. Yeah? Well, yeah, well, you have to make in you have to actually go on location. Yeah, you could go to a guitar shop in Andalusia, and they say, oh, no, no, and they, they would bring you out the standard uh, plastic and metal ones, yeah? Mm. And you say, no, 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 I want a sakhir, oh. But they say, this is a sakhir, no, 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 this, you know. Well, well, I think maybe it's, as you said, it's more possible for somebody, if they, they're learning yeah. how to play, to make, they get hold well, of it. Well, them. if you want to see a really posh one, Go on online and have a look at Paco de Lucia in some of his concerts. Oh, he and, has and everything, you'll, you'll doesn't see he? <laughs> really beautiful. Uh, Th does it matter what size it is? No, I mean, well, I mean, it, for me, it does. That people have started making because this one is quite small. The quite one small, that you have, yeah, yeah, they have started making rather larger ones, and I don't think that's very good because it can get in the way of your hand for the chords. You know, you but want it to be more free. It, yeah, it should be small. I mean, it should be just really, as you can see, the width. Of the neck of the something, guitar. yeah, yeah, but they do make bigger ones now, yeah. Mm. Well, and that's a specific thing that you can probably only use on a on a sonanta. Uh, yes, well, you could 
tried to use it on a folk guitar, but on with steel strings, you might have trouble getting enough pliance with mm. it because this is just a very yeah. Be, because what what are the strings on the sonata? Because they're nylon. Nylon. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need something so brutal to, to hold it down. You told me so many stories about you ordering strings and oh. all that. <laughs> well, that's something we could say because another thing in flamenco is a lot of the people use the strings that I use that they're red in colour. Mm. And that's more difficult yeah. to find. And I don't know whether you noticed that in the in the book, the, the red strings. Um, very, very yeah, I haven't looked at that actually. That's a white. Oh, you have one red string here and you have three. So when you next watch the flamenco videos, you'll see often red strings, which is again we were talking about the colours of flamenco. So obviously green and red is yes, yeah, the preferred. Yeah, that's kind of you, you know what I mean. It's it, when you, when you start exploring a culture and you go deeper, and we, we will be going even more in the next episodes. You find things that blow your mind. Yeah, you have more secrets to tell me, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like when we went to um, Barrio de Santa Maria, which is one of the great flamenco uh, districts of Cadiz. You can walk down a street, and there was a famous singer coming up on the opposite side of the road, and I'm going down, and straight away, ah, he knows you are flamenco. You know, they just because of the, the semiotics that you're sending out, they just know you're flamenco. Yeah. And the next thing you're you're talking, yeah, because he's got a particular shirt on. You've got a particular shirt on. You, I've got shoes. He's got particular shirt. Poof, we're off. <laughs>